And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Act three, money. Act three. Act three. Yes. Hell of an act three it is. All right. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast, America's 7,843rd most popular podcast in America. Uh, March our way into the third and final act of the show, and it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new, super-absorbent, non-fad, whole-grain, non-GMO, with no artificial additives or preservatives, and part of a complete breakfast movie of the week! And this week... We celebrate our 400th episode with Billy Zane's follow-up to Titanic, the 1999 silent movie-ish Ish. thing known only as I Woke Up Early the Day I Died. I say known only as, but in Brazil, it was titled Ed Wood's The Last Day of My Life. In Poland, it was titled On the Day of My Death, I Woke Up Early. And allegedly, at one point, IMDb listed the Japanese title as The Up Early Old Old Man Nuts. Okay. Which is a great title. I would have named it that. (laughs) With The Up Early Old Old Man Nuts. But apparently, where were they coming? Really? Weird. Huh. Um, first off, I want to say um, Billy Zane looks more like Ed Wood in this film than Johnny Depp did in the film Ed Wood. Yes. And in my mind, 1994's film Ed Wood now uh, officially stars Billy Zane and not Johnny Depp because Billy Zane is less problematic, less of an alleged wife beater. Yeah. He looks better in a dress. Billy Zane looks better in a dress than Johnny Depp did. I'm just speaking my truth. Yes. You go on Bing.com, the one true search engine. And you uh, type in Billy Zane controversy. And the only thing that will pop up is articles about how Rose had room on the on the piece of debris for Jack. (laughs) You type in uh, Johnny Depp controversy, and I hope you're ready to read articles for a month. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on there. Plus, I like my actors to just wear less scarves. Yes. Johnny Depp is 50% scarves. <laughs> uh, I, and also, I feel that one thing that gets forgotten is just how dashingly handsome Ed Wood was as a person. And I just like the idea of Billy Zane in this movie he could see you at a bar, wine you and dine you, and then take you home and make love to you. 
And it doesn't matter whether I'm telling this story to a guy or a girl. Yes. And I just feel that more with Billy Zane than I ever did with Johnny Depp. And uh, uh, fun fact, my wife was not attracted to Billy Zane until he, she saw Billy Zane in the nurse outfit. Uh-huh. A fun fact about this movie, uh, it actually was Ed Wood's idea in the script to use bits of the script in the film as captions. That wasn't something that the the director did because, oh, this is going to be a difficult movie to film. You know what? We'll put some of Ed Wood's script on the screen. No, that was Ed Wood's idea. That was in the script. See, that I really, really want to read the actual script now because I am fascinated. Yeah. I love this movie. Yeah, this is an absolutely fascinating movie. An absolutely fascinating movie, and I love it to death. Critics hated it when it quote-unquote came out, but we'll get there. It's Wikipedia page is fucking horrible. Yes, it is. But anyway. Yes, it is. Uh, Thankfully, I would like to give a shout-out to Joe Blevins and his blog, Dead to Rights. They do a thing called Edward Wednesday. Each Wednesday, they delve into a different part of Edward's life. And his article about the making of this film is just so expansive and so full of little behind-the-scenes stories and things that you can find nowhere else. And uh, Joe Blevins, he's a good guy. He follows me on Twitter. You can follow him at Joe underscore A underscore Blevins, B-L-E-V-I-N-S. So shout-out to Joe Blevins. So uh, does he run the Facebook uh, Edward page? Or is he just a very regular participant? I I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But uh, secondly, oh, how wonderful it is when this happens. How lucky we are. The 1999 website for this movie, IWokeUpEarly.com, is still up. Really? Yes, it is freaking fascinating that it is still up. Oh, you got to post that in the group. Yeah, uh, here I've got it up right now. It is one hundred percent a website that was created in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, it has here theatrical trailer. Click to download, and this is what I downloaded. Uh, the the trailer that you showed uh, when you type in the trailer for I Woke Up Early the Day I Died, Reverend Steve's YouTube channel pops up. And I literally in 1999 or 2000 or somewhere around there just went to this website. I woke up early dot com, downloaded the trailer and put it on YouTube. Uh it says here, click to download theatrical trailer format MPG size 5.3 megabytes. Wow. Download at 28K, approximately 65 minutes. Download at 56K, approximately 40 minutes. 
So, hey, it'll only take you 40 to 65 minutes to download this five megabyte trailer. Yes. I, yes. There's a Flash game that I can't play. And it says here, if this doesn't seem to work properly, make sure you have the latest Flash 4 plug-in. It will only take two minutes to download. <laughs> so, yeah, this this whole website is freaking old school wonderful. Wonderful. See, I, I think I, all, I've, uh, all I've seen was that trailer. From your yeah. site, and yeah. that kind of had me put off from watching this movie because it hasn't aged well. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it looked better at the time. Yeah, but but this it, movie it, is fucking gorgeous. This movie is this is a beautiful piece of work. It is a beautiful movie. I absolutely love this. Originally, the director. And uh, thank God nobody, thank God he didn't go with this, but originally the director wanted, ugh, ugh, I don't even want to say this out loud. I don't want my mouth to form these words. Originally the director wanted Iggy Pop to star in this. No, no, no. It is way too complex a performance. Yeah. But Billy Zane heard about, heard that someone was making an original Ed Wood script and uh, the director didn't find Billy Zane. Billy Zane found the director. Nice. And said, hello, this is Billy Zane. Uh, I heard you're doing an Ed Wood movie. I'd like to talk to you about it. Can, I'm, I'm doing a project right now. Can you fly to Mexico? And the director's like, no, I can't fly to Mexico. And Billy Z Zane said, okay, I'll fly to you. So he stopped what he was doing and flew to Mexico to meet with the director. <laughs> and Zane had so much input on the script and the shooting and the shooting style. He had a say in the music and he helped so much that eventually he became an executive producer for this movie and he really helped it out. And it was his idea of like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're going to make it as a silent movie. But how about this? What if it's more of a French comedy del arte, Keystone Cop style? So, oh god, yeah, and it like fucking said, shows. Yeah, yeah, uh, that a lot of that was Billy Zane. He was very he had a lot to say about this. So this is a 1999 It's 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 it I wouldn't go Keystone Cops, but I would definitely go Charlie Chaplin. In particular, yeah. I'm thinking of of Billy Zane in the back of the bus. Yes. Yeah. Where where he didn't beat up a bunch of bad guys. But like that, that was like his movements and everything were very, very Chaplin esque, and I couldn't trust that to Iggy Pop. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So yeah, this movie it was filmed at the end of 1998, and in 1999 it had its big premiere. Um, 
it ended up only playing in one theater in America for two weeks, and then that was it. Yeah. It was going to have a limited nationwide release followed by a release on VHS, but the studio went out of business the day after the premiere. Really? Yeah. And now the only ha- chance you have to find to see this bizarre, wonderful film is to find a bootleg of it somewhere. My wife spent a large amount of money and bought me a VHS copy of the film uh, from Germany. Yeah. And the box was all in German and the film was in German. I was really excited to find a copy of Billy Zane's of, of this movie in English. Because the only time I had ever seen this was on an old VHS in, in German, which you might think. How is, much does that matter? <laughs> um, the opening narrations where uh, you're learning about uh, Billy Zane's backstory and you hear like an old educational short. Yeah. There's a dialogue there. That was all in German. And even the script that appears on the screen, that was all in German. Yeah. And really helps understand what's going on in the film. If I so before I saw this version, I had only seen the German version, so I didn't realize I didn't catch up on the whole cult thing. Yeah, I, that he thought he was seeing the funeral of the loan officer, but instead he sees a strange. Uh, funeral with instruments and uh, he sees a body with bizarre robes and like I didn't know any of that and paid mourners yeah yeah so like I didn't catch any of that at all when I originally saw it when I would watch it over and over again at home so I was excited to find an English language version of it because it does help you yes. would think that it wouldn't because this is a silent film, but it does hamper the experience. So, yeah, this movie only showed in one theater in America, but it did have a, a successful release in foreign markets. Yeah. It was huge in Germany. This film was big in Japan. Uh... And of course, in Jap- Japan, probably everybody went to go see it because it was called the Up Early Old Old Man Nuts. Yes. So they were like, "I got to find out what the fuck that even means." <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, critics fucking hated the shit out of this movie. Why? Why? This that. was a fucking amazing movie. I have a theory about that. Critics hated this film, but it's important to note that this film came out pre 9-11. Yeah. And I think that that does make a difference. I started the Church of Ed Wood in 1996, and from 1997 to 2001, I got a lot of press. I was on NPR. I was uh, in... uh, the National Enquirer. I did radio interviews all over the place. I was on Man Cow's Morning Madness. I was on, uh, oh, two really popular guys in the L.A. market. Mark and Brian, I think was their names. I was on their radio show. 
I did a lot of press and I got a lot of interviews all over uh, the place. Yeah. And they were all joke interviews. Nobody really took me seriously. Everyone wanted to know if I was a transvestite. Are you wearing uh, panties right now? Man Cow just had me on just to make fun of me and, and to like fucking shit on me and it started to get difficult to do press about the church of ed wood because everyone was just laughing at me the yeah. press that i got after 9 11 everybody took me seriously okay everyone was like so we've been reading up on your religion it's really interesting tell us what you think about the afterlife and i'm like oh shit you want to know about actual tenets of my religion and not just whether i'm wearing a dress holy shit it's like night and day suddenly people actually wanted to listen to like oh so do you believe in god what do you think about the end of the world how does edward's movies tie into this and that and suddenly it was like people were taking me seriously so i can only assume that one of the reasons why people hated billy zane and this movie is because it was before 9-11 if this was released in 2002 2003 2004 it probably would have had a better shot at being a success yeah I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go there, okay? Yeah. I would put this movie somewhere right around Holy Mountain for nice. a lot of reasons. Yeah. From from there is no movie like this. This is a completely yeah. unique piece of work. Absolutely. You know, it is it is totally its own thing. You know, and everything was very intentional and every detail was very cared about. The the color scheme, the sets, the lighting and the camera shot, everything, you know, to really build something. And you were really looking at something unique, and the performances were very unique as well. Yeah, and I'm happy to say that a lot of that wasn't something added later, added in the modern day to the script, because Edward wrote this in the 60s, and, and, and we need to jazz it up. Uh, we let's let's do it this way. A lot of what makes this movie unique was in Edward's original goddamn script that he spent a decade working on. This was going to be his serious film, and he worked so hard on it, so hard on the script and on making yeah. it perfect. And like, I was happy to see that a lot of the things that happened in this movie were his idea. This yeah. is vision, and. I officially see this film from 1999 as Ed Wood's last film. Yes. That's how I see it. Yes. Because this is 100% his unique, original, bizarre, crazy-ass vision. And I fucking love this movie. And it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. Yeah. This is an incredible film. Yeah, uh, this film has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes and a slightly better, but still not that good, 5 out of 10 on IMDb. This movie really confused people when it came out. 
which is a shame because the fact that this movie exists is all because of Kathy Wood. Yeah. Ed Wood's widow. Um, she brought this movie to the silver screen. She didn't direct it. This movie was directed by a Greek performance artist named Aris Iliopoulos. Yeah. But, uh, Kathy Wood was the brainchild of getting this uh, movie uh, out into the market. According to uh, the blog Dead to Rights and Joe Blevins, uh, he did some interviews with some with the with the people who were responsible for this film, and so Kathy Wood is like, "Somebody help me! I need a lawyer." Why do you need a lawyer? Oh, they're making a movie of Ed Wood, and and, and I need a lawyer. So she gets a lawyer, and they remain friends. And they hang, they're hanging out and they're talking about Ed, drinking, whatever. And Kathy Wood says, you know what? I, the one movie of Ed's that I always wanted to see on the silver screen was this. And here she goes. I've got the original copy. This is it. I awoke early the day I died. And uh, uh, Kathy uh since her husband's passing had always dreamed of getting the film made that, that, Oh, this was always the one he always worked on it. It was his baby. It was his favorite. This was going to be his, his big, huge, massive film. This was so, so the lawyer said, okay, well I can, do you, if you really want to get this done as a lawyer, I can help you with this. And so Kathy Wood shopped Ed's script around. Yeah. And I, the fact that she didn't die until 2006. Yeah. So, she, you know, she she was basically Ed Wood's Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton in that she outlasted Ed Wood by decades and stayed a true and loyal champion of his. And, and so she was able to sell the script put the script in the hands of the right people. She has a small part in the film. She was at the premiere. And I just love the idea that she lived to see such a stellar cast be in a fucking Ed Wood movie. You know? Yeah. Like, that's fucking awesome. So, so, so this is definitely an Ed Wood film because it was Kathy Wood that got it out there, you know? And a strange cast. Oh, I am not... An I, interesting I'm not cast. cast I'm not ready to talk about the All cast. Right. That is so fucking detailed. But first, Bunny, um, this might be difficult, but I have faith in you and your abilities to successfully succeed in being a success. Uh, do you think you could break down the plot for us of this week's movie? I I don't find the plot too terribly difficult. It is it's basically a series of small vignettes that follow yep. a thread. Um, so Billy Zane is in a sanitarium. He basically beats up a nurse, steals her clothes. 
and escapes from the sanitarium. Then he steals some clothes. He steals some money, you know. Following him ha- at his his journey uh, yeah. till we get to he uh, he has mental issues. He has a problem with sound in a very yeah. in a very House of Usher kind of way. Yeah. Um. And then he decides to rob like a savings and loan or something like that. Not exactly a bank. Um, so he is robbing that place and they're putting money in his bag. It's just a, a male teller and a female teller and the female teller has a gun. Uh, no, the gun is in the drawer of the tellers. Yes. And he is robbing them. And as he's leaving, the male teller decides to grab the gun and shoot at him, which in turn, he Billy Zane turns around and shoots and kills the bank teller. Yes. And then this has alerted the police, so sirens are going off and things like that. So he escapes out the back of the bo- out the back of the savings and loan, and now he's on the run. So we have that kind of a story going for it. Um, but he's got a bag full of money. So now, how does this work? I, I kind of, I'm kind of getting a little lost here. Uh, for when he attends the funeral, and when he hides the money in the casket. Uh, so he is. Uh, the police are after him. Uh, this money's hot. I need to store it someplace. So, like, he 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 sees a funeral happening, and I, I guess he thinks it's the funeral of the guy he killed. Well, he saw that in a newspaper article or something, where the funeral was being held. Yeah, which seemed like the cops are chasing you. Like that part did not make very much sense as to why he did that. The cops are yeah. chasing you. You have to hide the money. So you find the funeral of the guy you killed and go there? To be fair, no one would look for you at the funeral of the person. Yeah. You... That's... Yeah. That is a pretty impressive... That's a ballsy move. But he hides the money in the casket. And then Ron Perlman starts playing bagpipes. So so that drives Billy Zane nuts because of his hearing problem. So he runs away. Now he's yeah. got to come back to get the money. And it's not there. Uh, he kills Ron Perlman at some point, which I'm sorry, that is the most unbelievable part. In no way, shape, or form in any universe... Can Billy Zane take out Ron Perlman? Yes, agreed. Just, just can't happen. Only yeah. in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely agreed. 
So when he hid the money in the casket, that's where he found out that it wasn't the bank teller. It was it was this strange cult guy. Uh, oh, it was the tuning fork that set him off that time. Sorry, he took a tuning fork out of the casket. And he was like blowing ritual, on it? I guess. Huh? Some sort of ritual, I guess. And that made the high-pitched noise, which drove Billy Zane away that time. Yeah. Um. So at some point he kills he kills Ron Perlman, but he goes to the mausoleum, um, and is looking for the casket that has the money in it, and then he eventually finds it, and it is empty. And somewhere along the line, he finds a note. With that list the paid mourners and how many they were paid. Yeah. Now, I don't know why he didn't check out the mausoleum or anything like that further at this point, but he decides one of them must have his money. Yeah. So he goes down the list. The rest of the movie is him going down the list of each person who was a more who was one of the paid mourners and killing them but that's just how it went every time (laughs) you know he was looking for the money yeah fun fact uh in the end credits of the film eartha kitt is listed as playing herself but if you go on imdb for some reason she's listed as cult leader Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's an accident or if she is running the cult, because I see no evidence of that in the film. Well, I just got to say, if she's the cult leader, that's a pretty cool cult. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be in that cult, too, because that's awesome. I want the cult that Eartha Kitt is in. And you got strippers. And you got circus cowboys, you know. She plays the part of teenage prostitute. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This movie is crazy, and I love it. So then no, none of them have the money, and he basically goes back in the mausoleum, and I, I will leave the rest for its twist ending. Yeah. Or is it a twist? I don't know. Someone gets twisted. True. So I would feel remiss if I didn't mention this. Uh, the opening credits, what I like to think the theme of I woke up early the day I died, because it does, it's in the opening credits, the closing credits, and it appears a few times in the movie. Uh, it's a song called Jesus, I Was Evil. Yeah. And I it so much. I have been listening to it since like the year 2000. Uh, I've been listening to it for about, I don't know, like 21, 22 years now. I've been listening to this one song. It's by a, it was written and performed by a New Zealand musician named Darcy Clay. He recorded every instrument in the song by himself and recorded it in his bedroom using an old four-track recorder. Wow. 
which gave the song its lo-fi sound. He only recorded a small EP, which featured this song and like two other songs. And that was it. And the song ended up spending eight weeks on the New Zealand music charts, reaching number five. Nice. This song was a hit in New Zealand. Sadly, however, Darcy Clay was set to play at a music festival that benefited suicide. And on the day of the show, he committed suicide. Oh, that's getting too involved. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Alanis Morissette was singing about. But this is it's sad because this the song is fucking awesome. I love this song. Yeah. There was a lot of really good music. Yeah. And yeah. it really uh, see that's that's it. This whole movie is is mismatched pieces yeah. that work together. Yeah. This is this is oh, can't recommend this movie enough. And if I'm not mistaken, it it's all on YouTube. It's like 100%. you can't like you can't say that the music went with the movie, you know? Yeah. But it still worked. Yeah. This is a wonderful movie. And there are copies of it out there. And then like some of the scenes, it's like it was so beautiful. It, it was like Putting Charlie Chaplin into an oil painting. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. But fuck the critics. I mean, like, what is their problem? I don't, I don't, you know, because you say Ed Wood and there's a certain expectation. And that's the same thing that comes through in the Wikipedia article I had read. And it's not a good expectation. No, this is exactly what this fucking movie needed to be. You don't yeah. need hubcaps for flying saucers. You know, the Wikipedia article is like, well, you know, Ed's use of stock footage. You know whoever who 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 else used stock footage at the time Ed Wood was using stock footage? Fucking everybody. You know who's yeah. using stock footage today? Fucking everybody. It's just how you make a movie. Yeah. You know? So it's one of those stupid things like, okay, so he didn't always use the best choice of, you know, Buffalo's was kind of an interesting choice for Glenn or Glenda. But still, like, it's not unusual that he used stock footage. Yeah, it's not. It is absolutely not. Yeah. So so yeah. What, do you, what is he, what's... What were they supposed to do in this movie? Put stupid stock footage in to please some kind of a perception? Yeah. But and but it did use stock footage, but it but again it works. Yeah. But I, I fully believe this film to officially be Ed Wood's final film. If Ed Wood were alive in nineteen ninety nine, it would have made here. this film. <laughs> Plus the way that the whole distributor going bankrupt the day after the premiere, that's such a Woodian thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's such a thing that would happen to an Ed Wood movie. So it's just, 
Yeah. This this entire film really is Ed Wood's vision. And yes, okay. The cast of this movie is freaking insane. This is But it's insane in the same way that the musical choices were insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But okay. So the cast of this film includes uh, Billy Zane, my preferred Edward surrogate. The Phantom. Yes. Uh, John Ritter. John Ritter. John Ritter. John Ritter. Jack Tripper's in this movie. Who is, who is just... I, I, I mean, even though Three's Company was not exactly a wholesome show... He always gives off a very wholesome image. He was, he is the preferred voice for Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yes. He did the voice of Clifford for like eight seasons on PBS. Like a a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Clifford's in this movie. Yes. Tippy Hedren. Tippy Hedren. Hedrin, that was like I, 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 I had no, even then I didn't know she was still alive the story on the set is they're in California they're getting ready to film Tippy Hedren's uh, death, death scene in the lighthouse, very uh, tormented tormented yeah there's a period in time when Bella loved that movie, Tormented over and over again but they're getting ready to film that scene and and tippy hedron's there on the set and then all of a sudden there's like a shit ton of birds behind her and everyone freaks out and tippy hedron just gets this exasperated face and goes yeah this happens every movie i'm in Happens in every set. You just get used to it. And I love the idea that Tippy Hedren starred in the movie Birds, and now just birds follow her around. Yeah. Like Mrs. Hedren, Mrs. Hedren, can can we get an autograph? And Tippy Hedren doesn't do anything because all she hears is autographs. <laughs> but yeah, they just follow her around, and they're like fucking birds. God damn it. Mama's trying to move the babies under the bed. Mama's trying... The mama cat is trying to move the babies under the bed? Why the f- F is... Why? Probably because Eleanor and Maxwell were in there, like, giving her anxiety. Oh, I do not. I absolutely... We cannot have these cats under the bed. No, we moved the stool so she could stop. Did you close the door? Yes. Okay. I... We cannot have... Oh, but this kitten is rubbing all up Guess on what? you. Guess what? But I'd like to think that uh, since birds follow Tippy Hedren around, that the star of Joe's apartment, Jerry O'Connell, is now constantly followed by cockroaches. It's it's nice to think so. Yeah. That, that, that brings me joy. It's a comforting thought. Yeah, I'm excited about that idea. And I just love the fact that the director is like not hiding it. I, I, I messaged this to you that it's like, oh, Tippy Hedren's, it's Tippy Hedren's scene. Get me the most copyright free Hitchcock music you can find. <laughs> 
it's like when ECW used to have a wrestler come out and it's like, okay, the Sandman's coming out. Play Enter Sandman. We can't afford it. Then give me a cheap ripoff. ECW <laughs> used to do that. We need to get smells like teen spirit. We can't afford it. Get me a cheap ripoff. Yes. That's her entire scene, and I love that. Christina Ricci had just turned 18 years old when she agreed to be in this film as teenage prostitute. And this definitely feels like the the Christina Ricci moment where she's like, I'm 18. Can I stop playing fucking children now, please? Yes. Any movie I can do where I don't have to be a goddamn child. Oh, you want me to be in lingerie and show off my boobs as teenage prostitute number one? Yes, I will be in this Ed Wood movie. Yes. So good for you, Christina Ricci. Now she's in like Black Snake Moan half naked, but uh, like good for you, Christina Ricci. This was like when Miley Cyrus was suddenly half naked. Yes. And like everywhere and doing salvia. Like, eventually you have to break out of your child actor roles, and this was Christina Ricci's uh, breakout. I, I I don't want to shortchange this movie, but I seriously need to run. Okay. So, so pick a topic and just keep going. Okay. All right. Uh, Mark Rolston is in this. He was in the Shawshank Redemption in two of the Saw films. Leif Garrett, comedian Dana Gould, Ron Perlman, the only Hellboy, Karen Black, Tara Reid, Will Patton, who was in Armageddon, Andrew McCarthy, the guy who owns the clothing store that Billy Zane robs early on is Bud Cork from The Life Aquatic, and also the human body that God inhabits in Dogma. He was John Doe Jersey. There's also Jonathan Taylor Thomas, legendary character actor Taylor Negron, the live-action Lurch, Vampira, Conrad Brooks, Sandra Bernhard, Mark Boone Jr., who was in Memento, and he was also Flash from Batman Begins, uh, model-slash-actress Nicolette Sheridan, Mike Haggerty, who has been Captain McGintley in Brooklyn Nine-Nine for, like, four seasons, uh, this every cop in this movie is a different actor in hiding behind a 70s mustache but this movie features Conrad Brooks from Edwards movies and also Brent Hinckley who played Conrad Brooks in Ed Wood they were both in this film people don't care anymore about the game Six Degrees to Kevin Bacon or is it seven degrees? Seven degrees? It's seven. Thank you, honey. No one plays that anymore. When I was in college, like my my teens and twenties was like the peak. Seven degrees to Kevin Bacon. Yeah. But uh, nowadays, people don't care about that. But if you're still into uh, the Kevin Bacon game, this is the movie. Oh uh, God, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, Abraham Ben Rubby was in this movie. He was Jerry, the male nurse in ER for like 15 years. Yeah. 
uh, Steven Weber from Wings and the star of a decent The Shining TV miniseries from 1997, which is uh, Stephen King's preferred version of the book. Yes. Also, who is in this is Ricky Schroeder. Uh, he starred in the 80s sitcom Silver Spoons. And if you want to see him now, he can currently be seen at Costco yelling to employees about the mask mandate. <laughs> bail out Kyle Rittenhouse, a murderer. And uh-huh. Eartha Kitt. And I want to tell this story because I love this so much. Uh, the director of this film, the Greek artist guy, Eris Iliopoulos, he was at a party. He saw Eartha Kid at the party and like started chatting it up with her. And he's like, uh, hey, I'm making an Ed Wood movie. And she says, oh, I was in an Ed Wood movie. And it's like, no. You weren't, and she was able to say, I was in an Ed Wood movie without being in it because my name is on the marquee of a building that the flying saucers fly past in Plan 9 from Outer Space. (laughs) That Eartha Kitt can just drop Plan 9 from Outer Space knowledge on your lap. I fucking love Eartha Kitt. Yes. So she was in this movie specifically so that she could say, now I've officially been in an Ed Wood movie. And that is so freaking awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I love this movie. I love this movie. The cast is insane. There's so many people in this. And it's that. Oh, my God. Yes. That cast is that, that cast is nuts. And again, they don't seem to go together. Yeah. Especially for, for like, a a low-budget film. Yeah, you see two of the phoenixes. I mean, who exactly is palling around with Tippi Hendren? That, 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 first off, they even have her phone number. Yeah. Yeah. Leaf Garrett's in this. I mean, were there people that they couldn't get? I don't know. This is an incredible freaking cast. They got, there's so many people in this. Yeah. Insane. How many people are in this Bud Court? Yes. He he was in MASH. He was in Harold and Maude. He was in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. He was in so many of these, like, big deal things. What was that weird-ass credit that he had, though? (laughs) Yeah, he is listed as, hold on, I have it here somewhere, Lord Heinrich Binky Alcoa III. Yeah. what his credit is, but it's fucking Bud Court. I imagine that's the same thing as, uh, hey, Michael Jackson's going to be in this episode of The Simpsons. Also, for legal reasons, he can't be listed as Michael Jackson in the credits. Okay. So we're going to put this name in instead. Also, he can't sing because of his uh, recording contract. So you need to hire a sound alike to sing the song. But Michael Jackson's going to be in this episode. Yeah. Also, for legal reasons, he was never here. So I imagine (laughs) that 
I'll be in your film, but don't put me in the credits. Put me as Lord Heinrich Binky Alcoa the Third. Yes. I love this movie, and this was a great film to do for our 400th episode. Yes. It was the perfect 400 episode 400 movie. Perfect. A lot of people a lot of people do like, oh, uh, a lost Ed Wood film? Oh, is this Ed Wood's final film? Oh, uh, Ed Wood wrote part of this script before he died, and now we're making the film. Oh, this Ed Wood film. But none of that is official. None of that is is canon. None yeah. of that I am agreeing with at all. But absolutely, this is Ed Wood's final film. I woke up early the day I died, starring Billy Zane. He looks amazing in drag, and 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 in this film, he he sort of like represents what I'm I'm trying to go for like a gender fluidity sort of a thing, where it's like like hey, it doesn't matter what you dress. I'm dressed in this outfit. It, it, he he just radiates that in this film. Yes, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah, And so this is a good movie, a great movie. And we've had some amazing films. Last week we did Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, my God. I, I'm so scared of snakes now. Yes. I, I don't blame you. Snakes. Contaminated with rat rabies snakes. Yeah. Nuclear then, rat rabies or some shit. Or... And then the week after that we saw uh, uh, Nobody. Still, yes. Love that film. And then after that, we saw Money Plane, which, uh, if you remember, uh, was all about uh, Edge from WWE and Darius yes. Emanuel Crouch the Third <laughs> in the world. And then before that, Night Killer, which was a pretty good movie. Yes. For the director of, of Troll 2, this movie was all right. Um, it, it, it was the demise of Peter Wooten. Yes, but, but um, I feel that we've been watching really good movies for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, so from here on out for a while, uh oh, we're going to be going down some pretty dark roads. Well, this is May. How how dark can we? We're almost to the summer of. And I have already apologized for what is going to happen this summer. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I'm making it a secret, but I'll tell you what we're doing this summer. Um, uh, I haven't come up with a catchy title yet. Like, summer 2021, Bunny and Steve become bottoms. Or... <laughs> We're going to be watching films we have yet to discuss in IMDb's list of the bottom 100 worst movies of all time. For summer. The summer at the bottom. Yeah, so it's something like that. Because there are some big-time bad movies that we've never done that we can now do. Battlefield Earth. Okay. Hulk Hogan's Three Ninjas, High Noon, and Mega Mountain. Okay. Uh, 
a bunch of movies that we can now do because so so what we're doing next week is leading up to that okay do you remember steve mnuchin yes okay former i think secretary of the treasury yeah Uh uh-huh um and you look at him and you go oh that's a hideous person but then you see a picture of him and his wife Yes. And then you go, oh, he's obviously a millionaire. And that's the only way he got her. Yes. Like much younger and a very attractive blonde model. Oh, well, she's your classic gold digging trophy wife. Well, let me tell you why I think she was with him. To produce next week's movie. Okay, I, I am afraid. I think I go ahead. It's called Me You Madness. It was released in 2021. And it's the fucking worst. And it stars Mrs. Mnuchin. Oh. She also, she also wrote the script. Oh. oh. I'm so excited to be doing this movie. Okay. You madness. It's 100% the reason why she's she's with him. Yeah. The movie looks good. In the same way that the room looks like it had a budget. Yes. In the same way that it looks like, wow, somebody did spend some money on the room. Uh-huh. I'm really excited. Next week, we're doing Mrs. Mnuchin's film, Me, You. Madness. She she wrote in it. She wrote the movie. She produced the movie. And she stars in it. Oh, man. Yay! That, so, yeah, that's a dangerous combination. Yeah. So it's already on our shared cough cough. It's there waiting for you. I apologize. But... You know, we're going down that lone and long and lonesome road. Where only we can go. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for some of the horrible movies we're going to be doing coming up soon. We might be doing another, uh, another, uh, I'm thinking we should do another film from our favorite Las Vegas realtor. Yes. Yeah. Neil Breen. Oh, yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of thinking of that too. And I've got a good one already. Yeah. But next week we are discussing the the Steve Mnuchin family with the 2021 film Me You Madness. Whoa! Playing a fun game called Oh. Where in the world is Joe Piscopo? Yeah. Hey. The answer will sadly not surprise you. Yeah, uh, I've already, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so it's going to be an exciting episode next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, this huge, massive 400th episode, man, Miskel Spillman, Dark Shadows, Elvis Costello being racist. Era Reed. I gotta yeah. say, I think this is a pretty, 
pretty good episode of this podcast. This has been a goddamn good episode. Okay, good. I, I, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes because you're the person who makes that distinction and not me. I didn't want to interfere in what is usually your position in the show. But yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of, oof, um, I usually try and say the people who have been on the show. So on behalf of Maxwell, Eleanor, Cousin Jaden, Lauren, Natasha, Emerald, and everybody else on this show, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And cookies and cream. And, and forest fires. All right, then. Do 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 Cut and print. And put it on the cookie. And print.